and welcome to the drama-free, safe for work, <laughs> never gonna let you down, Dan Sons podcast. Mm. Joining me as always are my wholesome friends. Wholesome. My good boys. Christian. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but my wholesome good boys, Mr. George Viedman. Yo. And of course, Matt Visual. Hola. Almost that. You, 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 you say that about how good, wholesome, and Christian we are, but I have a feeling that one of the things that, like, has really gotten me into history over the past year is trying to make sense of whoa, why... Whoa, 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 where, what are we doing here? What, what I you, thought we were gonna try and avoid this. <laughs> well, yeah, but we're talking about religion here, what was this? <laughs> it's, it is, because it is somehow a less heavy topic than what we were talking about just before we started. Which I think nobody needs to know about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know what? No one <laughs> needed to know. know. Mm-hmm. There were certain pictures that you could find on Twitter today. Whoa. No, for fuck's sake. What? We... <laughs> I was going to make a fun, hilarious joke about something else that people don't need to know about, which is the fact that Dead or Alive 6 exists and got made. Wait, I, you know, I don't follow the series. What, what, what are we on now? Six? We're on six? Yeah, we're on six. I wonder if it's more or less not safe for work than the pictures that were going around Twitter today. <laughs> uh, definitely more. They actually uh, uh, deliberately made some statements and, and sent some directions. You uh, have to do a little bit of work now to, to unlock the titty costumes. It's They're, they're wow. a little bit further down the list. Uh... I know, right? Right? Why even live? Um, yeah, in in previous Dead or Alive games, you you rode a line between between the the, the titty and and the fisty. Um, what? Had, what is the fisty? Uh, uh, I, I, technical, um, um, kind of abstract, uh, uh, fast paced fighting gameplay. Those together. In in you know, addition to to hot anime babes kicking each other but now i don't think they know what to do with the franchise as evidenced by a sequel that's kind of a a rule update like it's really discouraging oh like nba 2k yeah kind of like it's uh it's it's there to provide an engine for content later and uh it's really depressing the last time i I seriously tried getting into a doa game to learn it was doa 4 in like 2007 and i Like, a lot of, of frustration I felt over the past couple of years is boiled down into the thought of 12 years not actually manifesting into that big of a difference between DOA 6 and DOA 4. It definitely looks better, but in terms of uh, the gameplay, they've done what needed to be done to turn it from every single player countering every single move from every single other player into something that's a little bit more balanced and, and fair of a competitive fighter. But in the process, it's it's lost its niche. And hmm. I don't know who they're trying to impress here. Uh, it's not flashy and polished and... Um, impressive with with second to second ridiculous gameplay like how the nether realm games can be it's not it's not 
flashy enough to appeal to normies. It doesn't have the the hyper balanced, hyper competitive, hyper polished technical fighting system that got um, communities going around Street Fighter and Tekken and even Smash these days. And uh, there's also fighting games that exist now that are doing okay, like Dragon Ball Fighter Z, that are using experience and polished and, and style and grace to to bring to life an older franchise that never really got the traditional fighting game treatment done right. And it's it's like it exists just to give the developer something to do. It's it's one of the most safest iterative jumps and sequels I think I've ever played to the far extent that it almost feels like going back to DOA 5 vanilla, except with less fun costumes that have been replaced by some new default costumes that weirdly look cheap. Like, a lot of... Uh, uh, skin-tight bodysuits with, with palettes that can be easily swapped out and, and robes that don't have really fancy light maps that have shadows and, and brightness of, of the clothes matching the environment. They don't, they don't animate very heavily. That A lot of this game looks real, real cheap. Yeah. Like you were mentioning with Mortal Kombat last week, I'm glad I... I, I just got to rent it, but I'm also glad I can rent stuff to exper- experience what's what's happening yeah. out there in the world. Because if I ended up buying this thing for full price, it would have been extremely underwhelming. And it's uh, cool to see fighting games come back, but <laughs> but I guess not all of them are aging gracefully as 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 some other franchises have been doing lately like remember soul caliber 6 freaking came out last year we, we're living in a year where soul caliber and dead or alive and mortal Kombat and smash all had way way big releases circa like 2017 18 19 and street fighter apparently kind of dribbled out way back in 2016 and is the odd sheep out how weird is it that street fighter and uh to to a lesser extent because i guess it's less of a shock because it's kind of a newer more risky franchise the doa is is the ones that are having a hard time catching up yeah it came out on March 1st. DOA's been around for ages now. Since 2000, right? Oh, oh, you're talking about DOA 6 or the, the original? No, just the franchise in general. I mean, it doesn't matter really when they release a new one. It's kind of been like a franchise that's always been sort of sitting in the background. Yeah. And never has seemingly improved much there were a few years i remember dio i think i'm coming into this from from a lot of memories from the xbox and gamecube era when it was doa and soul caliber who seemed to have adapted to 3d fighters and now that we've gone back to 2d fighters oh god history is just like repeating and going full circle that's what it's become seriously does it have any uh exotic mini games uh, so far as I can tell, no. There's there's a story mode, an arcade mode, a little questy survival mode, which is like fine. I I don't. It's not like Soul Calibur where you would expect to have tens of hours of single player content. But I am noticing that the single player content in both this and Soul Calibur, they both don't know what to do with the story mode. Soul Calibur has this uh, mission battle mode in the older games, and in the new one, it's it's Libra battle mode. And uh, that's where you make an avatar and, and travel across the map and go on an adventure. Which was a worthy, a worthy attempt at something new. 
and really good. I, I had a blast with the single players in Soul Calibur 1 and 2, and with the latest one, I, I didn't get all the way through it, but I spent a good, like, 30, 40 hours in that mode, and the first few hours of it actually suffer from a lot of the same problems that these uh, story modes in DOA 6 is suffering from, and that's that it's piss easy. It's uh, waiting through about three minutes of, of dialogue, story, and loading screen so that you can get to a 45-second fight of mostly mashing two buttons on the controller. Sounds like MK11. That's how they do it in MK11? Because I loved the the story modes that NetherRealm had set up in um, yeah. Injustice in the previous yeah where the camera would like swoop from a Something really dumb. fast-paced deliberately over the top cheesy yeah. cutscene of a care two characters reaching a disagreement over like i don't know whose change they should put in the vending machine they squint at each other the camera pulls out and then they're just beating the shit out of one another but they don't do that in this one they don't do that in this one. why that I thought they had it. They had finally had it figured out. They had finally figured out how to do a, a fighting game story mode. I thought so too. I, I think I, I think it was nine was the last time I played when they first the first when they started doing it after the first injustice and it was good. Yeah, because injustice was always pretty much the winning one in terms of story. Yeah, <laughs> and then this one eleven was just kind of. Weird. So, in, in both Soul Calibur 6 and DOA 6, you pick out the story scene from a timeline where you see uh, the multiple characters' timelines all extending forward into the future with little dots that you pick and choose. The interface for the DOA 6 one is really weird, though. Imagine the entire screen zoomed into just one chunk of one character's timeline, and you can only pan that view of the chart around in in a bounding box that's so restricted that that the whole screen is just covered up by like one dot on a timeline that you should get a more comprehensive viewpoint of that's that's ui quirks is is a one thing the biggest thing that i think is just just so underwhelming to me is how similarly it plays to the last one and and the third layer underneath that is how the the direction they've chosen to go in with how much visual polish they put into default costumes and stuff speak to uh 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 <sighs> speak to imagery of this game getting rushed out that's that's i think summing up a good 10 minute impression on on my first couple days of doa6 damn Sounds yeah. like you've had a riveting time. Yeah. I am glad that uh, if they want to give us sponsorships, I'm all game. If That, that Gamefly <laughs> is able to, to provide me a, a, a financial strategy of being able to sample what's going on with old franchises cheaply wow. and risk-free. Because that means that I can do stuff like this without feeling horrified about it. I wonder if you can get through the MK11 story. There's like a lot of, they take it too seriously, I feel, most of the time, except for Johnny Cage. That Jack's ending was pretty fun. I kind of love when games do that, though. Like, have a really serious story that, because of the way the world and the universe is set up with all the campy characters and stuff, it but, just looks weird and messed up. But, God, it's so entertainingly stupid. Yeah. The, <laughs> the thing is, when they take themselves seriously and then they make a really stupid mistake. Okay, let me just say, in the middle of the story, there's a part where the the girl who likes this king fights fights him 
just because they have a disagreement, right? Like mm-hmm. MK style. <laughs> mm-hmm. He like gets decapitated. De- de- you decapitating you the- him and stuff. No, 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 no. You don't do any fatalities during the story. Sadly, sadly. Um, even when you actually need to kill the characters, that would have been cool. But um, you beat uh, you beat the guy, the king. And because you beat the guy, because you're playing the girl, the guy gets captured, and that starts a whole like few hours storyline because you have to rescue the guy. But the reason why the guy's there is because you beat him, and you the girl rescues the guy obviously because he loves she loves him. Like, does, does, does that make sense to you? Like, it's so stupid. I mean, as we've it seen is, today. Okay. Oh, my God. People make mistakes. <laughs> you know, people are probably going to be listening to this who have no idea or listening to this, <laughs> like, months later, have no idea what we're talking about. And you just keep <laughs> mentioning it. You keep mentioning it. And people are going to be like, what was he talking about? What was he talking about? I feel like we're in a we're in a, a piece of history in the making. So, <laughs> really? Uh, I, do, I, do, I don't know. But, it, but I yeah. I, I, Liam is trying to hold his tongue. MK sounds interesting. Dead or, dead or alive? Maybe not so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I didn't even know it came out. <laughs> I didn't even know it came I out. I know, man. right? Right. I don't even know why George is playing it. Because I like. Yeah, to be honest, there's so many other games he could play. Hold, hold. And he's playing this game. And I'm also. This is the game you chose to play. All the nice games that we've talked about on this podcast, and you chose to play Dead or Alive. Is it because of the costumes, George? No, I. Does something need to come out? Of- <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not go there. <laughs> when I was, I was a Dreamcast kid in in Soul Calibur and DOA Two and Power Stone were fun games on that console and that's when i got into it that's all <laughs> we're being so mean on this podcast dude <laughs> i was a i was a 12 year old kid who didn't have a street fighter machine so doa was the closest substitute <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah there's definitely a different mentality going on where we're back in uh when when i was a 12 year old dumbass and it was 2000 and zero and, and if I was at the Blockbuster picking out a game to rent, if you looked at the back of the box, I wouldn't want that 2D pixelated shit. No. No, if you were trying to impress 12-year-old George, it had to be the, the 3D anime babes instead of the beautiful, hand-placed, Disney-influenced pixel art that I fucking love so much more today. No, I picked Dead or Alive over the other one. Why the... Why? (laughs) See, that's the reason why I rented Dead or Alive 6 this week, is because I've been making mistakes since I was 11 going on 12, you guys. Don't... Don't... Don't try to out-mistake me. gets it in the mail why why did why did i do this actually this is a really good point this is this is actually really interesting is there a game or like a game series that had another competing game series that is kind of seen as inferior Mm. that you you wish you picked instead of the one that you did not that you wish you picked instead but that you fondly adore but you know full well that it is not the 
the yep. superior yep. franchise. I think I just now figured that out about myself is that when I was a kid, the Dreamcast had tons of great fighting games, tons of great 2D pixel fighting Power games. Stone. And I did not pick them because they weren't 3D at the Power time. Power Stone. Power Stone, Third Strike, even though Third Strike was hard to play on that. Aki controller. Oh my god. Third Strike, Alpha, MVC2. All those games I missed out on because they, they weren't 3D. What? Wait, Power Stone was 3D. How did you not play Power Stone? Welcome to the Power, Power Stone, Stone world. world. I love that game. Yeah, I, I, I like a good Power Stone every Power Stone is fantastic. They, they, it's yeah. broken and imbalanced, but it's I love it. I love it. <laughs> Nostalgia. Um, there's also Skies of Arcadia, which was my first generic JRPG instead mm-hmm. of one of the Final Fantasies. I went through the PlayStation Final Fantasies after that one. But that's that's like it's like the dead or alive of generic RPGs, generic Japanese RPGs. It's it, it plays it so safe. It's fine. It's not offensive. It has some cute characters, and that's primarily its its marketing uh material. I do people play trash? Now, I used to play a lot of trash when I was young. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I'm guessing kids still do, and I'm guessing kids will always have to play trash. I mean, yeah. I used to really not even know what was trash. Exactly. Game is a game. Your game is a game. I always wondered about that. Any young people playing, playing trash out there? Because <laughs> nowadays, the kids can play a good free game, and they can, pick and they can pick and choose a good free one. Back when we were kids, I doubt there were great free games unless they were incredibly short browser-based yeah. distractions. Uh, yeah, a lot of free-to-play games are of like pretty top-tier quality because they have to be to make the money back anyway. Yeah. Which is a paradox. <laughs> it is kind of hard to think of a free-to-play game that would be bad, necessarily. Because if, uh, if I was a kid nowadays, I'd be playing Apex Legends for sure. I'd be playing, uh, uh, you know, Fortnite and, and Overwatch, like all the kids. MTG Arena. Probably one of those. God, I need to stop playing And you can, you can jump right into those genres with, with good examples of them, but I wonder how, if kids... What 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 kids do to pick and choose the good stuff from the bad stuff when it comes time to to spend that allowance money? Do they go to Metacritic? I imagine I imagine they just look at reviews. Might be more reliable than seeing if the graphics on the back of the box are pixel art or three D. I miss those days. And making all of your decisions based on that. God, I was an idiot. Why? Why did I get into <laughs> DOA games? <laughs> and yet here we are. Almost 19 years since the first DOA, and you're still uh, picking it. Old habits die hard. Okay, we're, what, what other what other games have we been talking <laughs> about? We've been like, I talked about Dead or Alive for 20 minutes, and then we just kind of like beat around the bush of, of the world Dead or Alive grew up in for <laughs> 10 more minutes. <laughs> we, can, we, 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 we can spice this up. We're not exactly top tier quality, are we? Oh, we are we are the uh, wow. sixty to seventy B list rated game on Metacritic in wow. a podcast form. Wow, we're aiming high, aren't we? Oh, oh my god! No, I we can, are. We can, are literally. Can... We are literally the box that George picked up when he was ten and was like, "This looks cool and rad," and actually <laughs> turned out to be pretty mediocre and trash. <laughs> Well, I, when look at what's going on in, in, in the social media landscape these days, I have to wonder if keeping a low profile is a valid strategy sometimes. Ah, look who's making jokes about it now. 
<laughs> the jokes, man. That was legit strategy. That was, that was some SEO tactic wisdom. So keep the podcast pretty pretty garbage, right? On that line, that line. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. It's, it's it's listenable. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't want so many people <laughs> attracted to it that that if we disappoint them, they'll uh, they'll they'll form a pitchfork mob. <laughs> What's another topic, guys? I can't stop playing Magic: The Gathering. Again. Oh my god. Again. Uh, I, played I don't know how game. to talk about that. But I played another game. What's the other one? <laughs> well, firstly, I, uh, let me say that Magic the Gathering Arena is getting better. It's getting better. And I got to platinum rank. I agree. Nice. Yeah. I have no idea good. if that's good And then not, immediately nice. got deranked because I couldn't. Oh no, I'm so sorry to hear that. But no, it's really fun. It's really good. Uh, so if you do like Magic the Gathering, you should play it because it's getting better. And a new set just came out for it that's really good called War of the Spark. Very fun. Anyway, the game I have been playing that I played for a couple of hours over the past couple of days is a game called Descenders. 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 It, um, it was a game that was in early access. And then I saw a trailer for it. Oh, I, I knew I knew about it because I think I follow the guy who publishes it. Oh, on Twitter. yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw uh, I saw gifts of this on Twitter. It, it looks fun. It's a basic. It's a, a on the surface. It just looks like a mountain biking game. It's just playing with the physics. And I have zero interest in mountain biking whatsoever. But what's interesting about it is it's like a completely like physics based mountain biking game that has Ooh. controls similar to skate. Yeah, so you're uh, shifting your weight on the bike, yeah. and you—that's—that's uh, that's how you how you steer, right? Yeah, you're like shifting your weight, and also you can do tricks similar to skate by using the right analog stick and doing stuff. And you have to—it's really hard to begin with because it is incredibly physics based. So like even like being slightly off, like being tweaked to the left or right and not landing perfect will just immediately make you smash into the dirt yeah it's it's nice how how video games can like actually speak to some commonalities in in interest like i'm i'm not into sports either but just rolling around physics objects and and any tony hawk or skate game has yeah. always traditionally been damn good fun it's it's marble madness well, the thing is like i have i have no interest in mountain biking whatsoever but it looked pretty good, and it was 25% off because they just released, like, the version 1.0, the full release, on Steam, and they had multiplayer and stuff, and it kind of looked cool, and I kind of was interested in bombing down some big hills. What makes it even more interesting is that all of the tracks in the game, and people are going to complain at me because I complain about roguelikes a lot with random generation, but this is a game that randomly generates a seed for a level. Ooh. Oh. Can it have a, a never-ending downhill? Well, not that you have that, but what you can do is it has, like, three settings. It has, like, steepness, it has curves, and then it has stunts. And you can, like, tweak these bars to... And then tweak gameplay modifiers to create different courses depending on how you want to ride and stuff. So you can free ride in the game by, like, making a course... And you can just like fuck with the sliders and like it can have shit tons of curves or you can make it so it's got no curves so it's a straight line and just shit tons of jumps. So you can do loads of tricks. It's really modifiable and super interesting that it does this. What is even more interesting is when you do the career mode, it is kind of like a roguelike. Where you start out on this like big map grid 
and it has all these nodes on it, and you choose a node to go to, and the nodes are just random levels that have been made by this terrain generator. So then you go to the, that, that node, you ride that level, it has like an objective, and the idea is just to get to the bottom of the hill and do maybe the, uh, you know, the extra objective to get like more points or extra life and stuff. But you have a unique life bar that carries throughout all of the different levels. So if you crash into the ground or you bail a trick or something, you lose a life. <laughs> So and it's like a, a survival mode. It's it's like a survival mode. And the idea is that you have to pr- try and progress to the end of, like, that area. So, like, the beginning area is called, like, I think it's called Highland. It's kind of like a simple, grassy area. There's not many trees, and it's kind of easy. So if you, if you go off the track and stuff, you don't just immediately smack into loads of trees and crash. But you have to go through and, and eat. There's always, like, ones that are, like, more... You always kind of maybe have three options and, and, and you can look at like how many points is put into like curves or stunts. So you can tell if a track is going to be kind of mellow or it's going to be uh, really curvy, which means you're going to have to take it pretty slow because once you start bombing around curves, it becomes almost impossible to control. There's ones that I always aim for, which are the stunt ones that, you know, you can have massive jumps and do big tricks and stuff on. And then you just have to select the levels as you're going through that are like these different nodes. And you have to just try and get to the end of it. And then you move on to the next area and you unlock it. And then you can free ride in there as well. It's really smart. And addictively good fun. Like, I crash all the time. It's really hard. <laughs> but then just restarting and going again and seeing what levels it throws at me is really fun. Have you played with that first-person camera at all? Yes. Ooh, because I'm I'm really like the look of that, and you know, you know, I'm thinking of how great that would look in VR. It's hard as balls, but <laughs> it's really good. It has like different camera modes. It has like a pretty much standard behind camera third-person thing, but then it has the skate camera which is like it's below the bike and it kind of makes it a little easier to control because it becomes more like skate, which is a little more, I don't know, like controllable. I don't know why it feels that way because the game doesn't change. There's one that's like a complete overhead camera view, which makes the jumps look smaller. So you kind of approach them differently. And then the other one is that first person one you were mentioning where it's just basically first person terrifying. It is terrifying. And when you do flips, and stuff, and the whole world like rotates around you. It's so hard to control, but it, it's it brilliant. It looks like like all those scary Red Bull GoPro first person, yes. speeding yeah. through the the Brazilian yeah. slums on the down of on the down of a mountain video. That's exactly what it's like, and it's really fun. And the sense of speed you get with it, like the control is like vibrating in your hands, and like you're losing like the grips of your handlebars, and it's like, oh god, I'm barely gonna survive. I want to Vorpix that. I really want it's to plug fun. that into Vorpix. This looks uh, cool. It's really good fun. I do yeah. recommend it. And it has asynchronous multiplayer. So while you're also doing all these levels, you can just watch other people do them as well because there are other people on the track. <laughs> and you can't physically like bump into them or anything, but you can see like them bailing around you or the way they approach tricks and stuff. It's a smart game. And uh, really well made. And it's 25% off on Steam right now because it's just gone into uh, full 
well, full release. I guess it's left early access. It's just under $19, and I'm, yeah. I'm genuinely intrigued. This looks like a lot of fun. It looks like something that I would have, like, needed right now. I like I, I like short, satisfying Be sessions. Be prepared, though. It's not, like, it's not like Tony Hawk's in the fact that you can do insane tricks and get away with it, barely. It is, like... A lo- it is like a weird in between between skate and also being like a complete simulator. You because- talk, you're talking about like new skate, not like old snake, old skate where you can kind <laughs> of just snake. repeat, old yeah, snake, <laughs> repeat tricks over and over and over and over again. It seems like you can, because I'm looking at these videos and it looks dope. Like it's people fast. doing like, riding it, backwards. It doesn't have like it be, because it's because it's mountain biking. It doesn't have like a, as extensive trick list as like skateboarding or BMXing. It doesn't have like tail whips and stuff. But it has like uh, front flips and back flips and doubles of those, and then McTwists. And it has like can cans and knickknacks and stuff. And the idea is that you're trying to combine them all while riding the hills. So riding the hills and trying to just stay on your bike, kind of similar to trials, but less less physics based as trials um so it's kind of a weird in between between skate and trials and that's what's really unique about it 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 looks dope i don't know if i have the patience for it but it looks you get you get used to like in the beginning it feels really stiff like you're like oh i can barely turn the bike but you get modifiers when you're playing it so when you're playing through the levels you get modifiers if you do really well and the modifiers are called like uh, crew members, they're kind of like your mountain biking crew, and they and you can choose. So there'll be like five different options, and the options will be like, uh, you have a better chance of not crashing when you fall from a really high height, or uh, there'll be one where your handlebars won't shake so much when you're going at really high speed, so it's easier to control. Uh, there's another one that says like, there's more checkpoints on the track, so it's easier for you to complete without having to start at the beginning. And you can sort of modify your gameplay as you're going through it. It's really... Really interesting. Um, j- just to, I guess, paint the picture, um, a lot of the videos you can see, like, people... Because since it's, like, physics-based, right? So, um, for the audience, you can flip your bike around and ride backwards, and the momentum will still be there. Run off a ramp, <laughs> do a trick through a building, and land. I mean... Like, it's... I want to see that from first person. I mean, oh, you can. Oh, 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 I imagine oh, oh. some people can do some pretty crazy shit, but like, it's not like skate where if you spend ten minutes, you'll immediately get it and be able to do it. It's one of those that takes a lot of practice, or at least getting used to. And then yeah. maybe you can do stuff like that. I found that like if you don't have enough speed to go up ramps and then you ride back down them, it's really hard to control. It is kind of like. The the realism of oh fuck I don't know how to ride backwards. Yeah, it's yeah. good shit though. Yeah, I I recommend it. It's uh, just come out uh, in uh, full release. It has multiplayer now, so you can play like you can bum down hills with other people and stuff. And it has like a quite a uh, quite a robust amount of modes. It's got like free ride. It's got career mode. It's got another career mode that has extra challenges and also like the hub area in which you start. It's like a giant. Uh, amusement park for mountain bikers and there's tons of ramps and interesting things to just ride on it's good fun yeah well so when i'm not playing mtg arena yeah. i'm descending down hills i i i've, I've been playing some elder scrolls elder scrolls Elder which scrolls. which scroll in particular which which one of those elder scrolls uh, was it just uh, uh, i 
I can be vague with it, right? No, they're all like like incredibly different four out four year development cycle mega sequels with with different art styles and and, yeah, I mean, and lore revisions and I've been playing a good one. Um, Blades on your phone. <laughs> what? Blades on your phone. Is it the old Elder Scrolls mobile games for like flip phones with with NES graphics? The one that came out when Oblivion released. Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> I've heard okay things. That game had a rough launch, but as the years went on, it, it developed a fan base that appreciates it. Yeah, no, it's pretty popular now. It's pretty popular now. Every good reason. It's it's. It's oh, turned into a good MMO. Game. Yeah, it's an MMO. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's dope, man. Thing is, what is going on? George is playing like Dead or Alive, and you're playing an MMO of Elder Scrolls. How does this happen? Like, I go away for like a week, I come back. What's going on? I also want to point out that you can't just not narrow down the Elder Scrolls. You could have been talking about Skyrim for Amazon Alexa. There's so many of them. You can't narrow this. You can't just assume we'll know which. Oh, was it Elder Scrolls for for the paperback novel you were playing? It's uh, it's it's the same thing I said before. It's basically like Skyrim. But you get to play with people and, you know, it's like action combat. But, and, and they fix a lot of the issues. It works. It, it's, it's a lot of content to go through. And there's no subscription. You can just kind of jump in. It's, really? Yeah. Well, so how much can, does, well, it, free does it cost to You just have buy. to buy it for like 20 bucks. You get more okay. win and the base game. And then I come out with a new expansion or whatever. And uh, it's... There's a lot of I I've been enjoying builds ever since Path of Exile. So this one you can actually make some cool builds um, because of like the champion point system. It has like this big grid. Well, it's not like a grid, but like star system that you can put points into and change up your character based on what you want and stuff. Um, and every class can do everything like healing, tank, and damage. Some classes do things better than others, but you can do everything with any class. It's it's dope. It's it's fun. Um, how how much have you played of it so far? Uh, is this your first time with it? Did you play it when I it came out? I played it back in beta and a little bit after okay. the launch, and you know there were some issues. Uh, so I stopped then, but it's been it's been like four or five years since I touched it, and it's it feels good. Feels good. There's so much story. Like it's just like going out and questing. It's the same thing. Same thing. I would. It, there's there's some epic moments. There's some like just okay moments. It's the same thing as like Skyrim and stuff. Um, it's dope. I gotta say it's dope. Um, interesting characters. Uh, if you like that lore, it's there, and you just you can play the whole game solo if you want because obviously you can just play it like an Elder Scrolls game. Yeah, I was about to ask. You you, you say that all the classes can do everything, and yeah. there's no subscription model. It almost sounds like they're building a. a co-op adventure rather than a persistent MMO that's supposed to last forever. Yes, but I should mention though, like they want you to get that ESO Plus. They want you to. Oh, there 
like there's the catch there they want i mean you so, can play so there is a way to. to subscribe i think the number one thing Wait, that so you gets can play you for to free. subscribe you is the crafting bag it puts all your crafting materials in that bag you don't have to craft if you don't if you don't want to but you know you can craft gear and you it's good to craft gear because you get really good gear from crafting um if you don't have the craft bag it fills up your inventory and that's like the number one thing i i feel like you need to subscribe for I, i'm kidding you <laughs> so you now, subscribe for a better interface yeah, well no like it, it's all right so let me just tell you what it, what it brings real quick it gives you crowns which is the in-game currency so you can buy whatever you want you get like an allowance like mom giving you an allowance all right so 15 bucks a month gives you an allowance of crowns it lets you get 10 percent xp and various things um it uh it, like shortens the time on some t some skills as well um uh, like crafting um and they give you the crafting bag and i think some uh all the dlc everything everything's unlocked Maybe not the classes. I don't believe the classes are locked. Um, unlocked, but all the DLC DLC is unlocked. So you don't have to buy the expansion if you don't want to. You can just pay fifteen dollars a month. You can pay fifteen dollars and just play everything, and then stop. <laughs> you can do that too. But everything goes back to normal after you stop playing and cancel ESO Plus. Um, and then you can use those crowns to kind of buy the DLC if you want as well. To, to keep it so it's okay a, it's a why very, am i tempted to play this it's it's it is cosmetic everything is cosmetic from what i can see and from what people said as well like i've, I've looked through the crown store it's all like mounts and upgrades to your account they do have a slight gambling box <laughs> that gives you cosmetics just like kind of overwatch does they have that there, um, but also they give you an allowance. So they're trying to ride that line there. They're trying to ride that line, and they haven't crossed it yet. I guess in the seven year, in the five years. So I guess it's okay, but it's there, and they really, really advertise to you about the crown store. Like when you log out, they give you a daily reward. But it's not part of the crown store, but it's crown store stuff. So I, I just, that's the only thing. Everything else is pretty good, I gotta say. It's pretty good. You don't really, you don't have to, you just play it just like an Elder Scrolls game. You don't have to craft, you don't have to do any of that. You just, just play it. It's fun. What 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 class are you playing? What are you? Uh, what went, type of playstyle do you have? Uh, I went with the Magic Templar. So every class can go Magic or Stamina, and it changes like the gameplay drastically. Um, so I just Magic Templar, so I can like heal myself and do damage. It's like a, a good solo build. I I went crazy looking up solo guides. I that's what I usually do before I go into a, a game like this. Uh, so yeah. Are you? Uh, yeah. Are you a Khajiit or an Argonian or a human or what? Are, what the you, hell a are you a furry or normal? I'm, I'm a high elf. <laughs> I'm a high elf, bro. Yeah. Ah, you like to be better than everybody. I no, actually, I I want to be Redguard, but 
every race has like a, a passive. I want to be Red God, but that's that's behind a paywall. <laughs> oh my God, you wanted to be black, but but you didn't like the the, the passives. passives. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> so they, so I had to be you know the one percent. <laughs> <laughs> Video games are <laughs> fucked up. Uh, some might say video game culture is fucked up too, George. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Man, we, we, get, we minute, get spicy on this channel. No, 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 no. Let's keep it wholesome. Yeah, I just yeah. want to quickly mention, speaking of wholesome... I saw Detective Pikachu. Uh, I'll be seeing it tonight. We're like tonight. one day off of, of syncing up a, a talk. No, we're well, not, we're not talking about day. this. We're not, we're not talking about this. Can, 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 I'm not going to... I'm not gonna, can, I, can I just say? Can, <laughs> can I just say? Can I just say? <laughs> the new Game of Thrones was, was garbage. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, no, but uh, Detective Pikachu... I enjoyed. I enjoyed for reasons. <laughs> I don't want to say. I don't want to say anymore because I don't want George to have any expectations whatsoever. But 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 what you gotta know is that Spike Spike Skype had had kind of a lag spike yeah. when you said that, so you slowed way the hell down and <laughs> yeah, sounded yeah. even more cautious. Definitely not Skype. That's just you doing that. No, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. I, I'll be intrigued to talk about it next week in I, more detail. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I'm gonna enjoy the movie. I feel like it's gonna be worth my my ticket. I'm uh, looking at it. It's I worth see. your ticket. It's easily. It's it, it's by far the best video game movie. Like right. You know what? I didn't think I, about I, it. Like I that. was wondering about yeah. that because th there there've been like Pokemon movies before. But they weren't directly based off of a Pokemon game before. No, the, this is based off the game. There are there are so many references to the game. There is one reference to the anime, um, but it's 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 entirely based off the game. Nice. Um, it is the best video game movie by far, in my opinion. Um, I've seen a lot of the other ones: Resident Evil, Prince of Persia, Doom, etc., etc., etc. It's it's way better. It's a. It's actually a cohesive yeah. movie. Yeah, n none of none of those are good that you just mentioned. Assassin's Creed. None of those are good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. It doesn't have much to beat, but yeah. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. And also, the this the CGI. I don't want to go in because you guys are watching. Like, yeah. so like, it's, 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 uh, let's just hold off. Let's yeah, just hold off for now. Hold off. Hold off. Let's hold off. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I, I'm I got the CGI and all that. I, I got nine some of hours. It's a little trash, but I don't care. <laughs> it's no, Pokemon. The CGI have character. No, I want to. I want to defend the CGI. I want to defend it. Okay. There's there's definitely some direction there to it. Yeah. Okay. There is there is one scene that just well, I was like what, but other than that, like it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I just want to see Mr. Mine. Um. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> what fucking talk about so, it? Um, I I want I want to say just one thing, uh, Liam. Yes. What's happening 
to Game of Thrones? Like, what, what's, what do you think is happening there? Like, I feel like there is a little bit of trash going on. It's really strange because I just don't know whether it's worse because everybody knows it's the last season and everybody yeah. has expectations, or it is just straight up bad. I found myself not feeling anything, which yeah. to me yes. is the telltale sign that it's not good. Because yeah. I've always felt something, even in like the previous. I thought season seven was really good. I I enjoyed season seven a lot. I forget that it's coming on. <laughs> I, I don't no forget lie. that it's coming on because I don't want it spoiled for me. So <laughs> I I'm keeping up with that. But in regards to like getting to the end of the episode and the credits rolling. I'm kind of like, ah, where, like, this feels flat. Yeah, there was a moment, for people who don't watch, there's a moment in the last episode where... Spoilers, s- just in case. So, I'm just throwing yeah, out there. Someone... Spoilers. George, someone gets... Yep. Cover those ignorant ears. So, oh, so, oh, okay. No, someone gets Wait, kidnapped. Wait, this is Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, I right. don't care. It's fine. Someone gets kidnapped, and it makes no sense. Uh, if yeah. we're talking about and, T- Pikachu, though, I'm, I'm going to go bury my head in the sand. No, we're not talking about Pikachu. One person gets kidnapped. One person, single person, gets kidnapped, and it makes no sense. And it yes. starts something, right? It's, this person it's like was the, on a boat. It's well. a moment. It's not something that's like, oh, you know, this is whatever happened. No, it's a, it's a important character, and something happens. It makes no sense. Like it's almost like they need to take an episode and shorten it into one. It was weird. I, I don't know if there's this mistake has happened before, but I've. Don't think it's it has. I don't. Usually, Game of Thrones is decent writing. Like it, it's not like um, perfect or something like that. But this is this is like a sin, <laughs> almost. Like what's going? I don't know what that. Mm-mm. Yeah, mm. and yeah. it's con- it's contributing to a massive change in a certain character, which I thought was gonna kind of happen anyway. But like <laughs> the way it's being handled is not great. It was not great. Yeah, you know, to be honest, it's gonna be over, and um, you know, it's whatever. I'm, 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 I'm just gonna to enjoy see, the series. I'm intrigued to see if they pull it back. I have my theories about who will be the king or queen at the end, but yeah, hope it's like some speaking. Like it's kind of the telltale sign that when everybody's biggest revelation of this episode is pointing out that a Starbucks pumpkin latte cup. <laughs> I saw that. They, he, was, someone uh, left it in, so they they don't really look at the the, the spoilers and how bad how bad that writing is. But it's fine. Just it's fine. yeah, it's just fine. the fact that someone was like, "Oh yeah, it's let's a just let Amelia I did not Clark, see it the first so. time. I did not see it the first time, dude. Oh, I, I see. Went, I saw, I saw the screen it, on Twitter. Yeah, and then I went back and <laughs> went to the HBO app. And I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that's it's legit. I can't believe it." 
I, I saw a uh, movie where a stagehand is in the bottom middle of the shot as the camera pans across, and, and there's there's little to no attempt being made to, but to this hide is the thing, that it's guy. like everybody's making a big deal out of it, but then there was like 50,000 posts about all the different continuity errors and stuff that has happened in Game of Thrones in the past. There's one where Jamie Lannister is straight up holding a plastic water bottle. There's one where someone's wearing... <laughs> no there's way. one where there's what? an extra wearing like denim jeans in the background. No way. No way! No way! Yeah. Water it's... bottle is. I gotta look this stuff up. I really up. like picturing that one. <laughs> I gotta look this stuff Game up. Game of dude. Thrones water bottle. Yeah. So um yeah on uh on 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 that note I I have a a slight recommendation for for people who are into weird into my weird tastes in movies i i saw a 1960s classic last week called a funny thing happened on the way to the forum which is ridiculously up my alley right now this is this is a gilbert and sullivan's-esque musical comedy that uh tries to make a mishmash of of three ancient greek comedies and uh, set them in ancient Rome and make them appeal to modern sensibilities of, of comedy. And, and the wit is, is just something else. The, the cartoony overacting everyone has is, is a lot of fun. A, a couple cornerstones of uh, like Gen X inherited from baby boom culture makes more sense now. A couple Futurama and Simpsons characters. I think I can see where they're coming from. Zap Brannigan and Hedonism Bot seem like... Like they're based on archetypes from this movie, and it's just it's just a good, wholesome, quality, good time. Up until I started watching it with the girlfriend. You ever like have that experience where you watch something by yourself and it's fine, and then you watch it with the girlfriend and it's super awkward? Or is that just me? <laughs> yep. I hope these don't come back in a Facebook or Twitter post to haunt you, George. <laughs> God. I. <laughs> Try not to think too hard about the Twitter drama happening completely all over. You know that, that webcomic of the dog inside of the house that's on fire and they're just like, this is fine. Is that being a YouTuber? Is that a synonym for being yes, a YouTuber? Yes, that's that. That's just like ourgeneration.jpg. Anyways, if you occasionally want to forget about the, 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 the fire burning down the house of uh, decades of... of established institutions and and years of of established uh, admirable media personalities um watch this good old classic movie a funny thing happened on the way to the forum but if you end up watching it with like your mom or your girlfriend <laughs> keep in mind that there's a lot of sexist jokes that's all yeah you know what you don't really realize how sexist things are until you listen to it to get listen to it again when you're older like i remember having this high school playlist and i went and listened to it and i was like oh no oh god what <laughs> what are oh, they no. saying because back oh, then i didn't really listen to the lyrics <laughs> you're like adjusting your glasses and your wig yeah. oh dear the, oh dear as i said this line i i was i was like <laughs> okay box. I don't feel comfortable with listening to this anymore because it's gross almost, you know? Like, I, I, yeah. 
Well, hey. when when you're a kid, you're trying hard to think that uh, you're you're real dark and edgy and smart, and the, the, that that makes you different than everyone else. And no, then you grow up and like realize everyone's that. been there. I would like to say that, but I just didn't listen to the lyrics when I was young. Oh, I didn't li- I didn't pay attention. <laughs> I didn't pay attention. So I was just bouncing to the and you were singing the chorus. And sometimes, look, even the chorus was bad, and you just didn't really. And it happens with today's music too. Like. I could say a few things, but I, I rather not. <laughs> I rather not. I rather keep it vague. <laughs> well, well, one thing that that for me has been interesting is is how different it feels to watch some stuff with with the girlfriend versus alone. Because like you really don't notice mm-hmm. sometimes. Like your brain does not catch these things. That has until, happened before. Until you're like sitting next to another brain that does. Going out on a date and playing some music and realizing, oh shit. I change this one. <laughs> Let me remove that from the <laughs> playlist. This is awkward. <laughs> oh, of course, I just have a conversation about it, but like it's it's yeah. Oh, I bet you do. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't. I awkward moments. I I love awkward moments. I just let's go in there and head Ooh. face first into the fire. <laughs> Ooh. Um, um, so there's there's some awkward moments that have gone on on Twitter over the past week that 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 might be a little less depressing for us to talk about than what we were talking about before the podcast, and that is. Wait, well, I thought you were gonna like straight up just start talking about it. I was like, whoa, 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 no, whoa, no, 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 no. I am I am segueing us in to uh, David Cage's first big awkward story of 2019, Ooh. and that is this this tweet. That uh, has David Cage saying, hashtag Detroit become human changed me forever. It proved me that video games didn't have to be about killing people. They could evoke complex themes and subtle emotions, resonate differently with different people. Hashtag happy 22 QD. I guess that means happy 22nd birthday to Quantic Dream. It's a very strange tweet for a lot of reasons. Where should we start? I don't know why we're giving time to a David Cage tweet. You know what? Let let him be happy with his creation, you know? I'm not going to say that his game he's is... Obvi- yeah, is, he's obviously a mastermind genius. Like, slam set in his own... In little, his own world. You know, but would, if, he wasn't, I, if he wasn't such a bad guy, I, I guess you could say... Can we say that? Yeah. If he's not such a bad guy, I, I guess I'd be like, you know what? Let him live... Let you know he created something, he's happy with it. That's fine. But I guess because he's done some shady shit, uh-huh. yeah, it yeah. makes yeah. it worse. And it's just like, no, dude, no, no, your game wasn't good. Your game was, you know, it, not to say it was bad, it was enjoyable in some areas, but the, for it to be deep, no, it was not. I'm sorry. It was not deep in any way. The, 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 the troublemakers, the game workers unite, are actually taking submissions <laughs> from Quantic Dream employees. They are taking anonymous submissions for, for stories about sexual harassment going on at Quantic Dream that they're going to try to corroborate and do something with. Um, yeah, this tweet is weird for so many reasons. First off the top of my head is that David Cage and Quantic Dream have made games before that aren't primarily about killing people that try, you know, infamously in the David Cage school of tradition, they try, they make attempts at tackling complex themes and subtle emotions that resonate differently with different people. This has been going on for like 
15 years since 2004 or 5 when Fahrenheit and Indigo Prophecy were in development. And if you go back before then, he was making games with David Bowie around the turn of the millennium with, with Omnicron. Yeah. And uh, it... The... the <laughs> There's, there's there's a bit of grammar in here that's, that's messed up. He says, it proved me. And to be fair, English is not I mean, his is first French. language. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah. But he does write video games in English. So maybe that would explain some stuff. This doesn't sound like it's from someone who has been doing this over and over again for 20 years as a career. Because he singles out this one particular game changing him. And it also does sound like someone who does not speak English as their first language. The weirdness between those two factors is that it reads like a piece of of anonymized crypto advertising that got accidentally posted on his main account. And now all of a sudden I have to question everything. Is this something developers do? Do developers or their PR firms make alt social media accounts that they promote their games with and like basically pay post fake praise with that's that's weird i imagine yes definitely ah. but i imagine in david cage's case it's straight from his heart it's just what he truly believes both Obviously, of those are like kind of sad both of those possibilities but he he obviously is a strange man for the lack of a better word and he does some odd things. And as Matt has pointed out, he you know, he's got a reputation for being a the shady, nasty dude. Yeah. So praising his own game and talking in weird philosophical what he deems to be philosophical nuances does sound like a David Cage thing to do. <laughs> I uh I I I I don't think I can trust anything on the internet anymore ever like after af after reports dropped on their existing troll factories and it became known that that there are people whose jobs is to argue on the internet i just i just can't believe anything anymore this david cage tweet it it, it could be part of a conspiracy i don't know i don't want to know i i don't uh, choose to to have any argument around me that's actually making sense of the chaotic nothingness that the world has become you know how you talk about your game you talk your about about your game like uh the god of war director cory cory balrog yeah that with 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 uh, with love with with like the you most know, creative like a, a, team, most hardworking team in the world. We all put it together. Thank yeah, you, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's how you talk about your stuff. Right, right. You know, like you can you can see it. Like, uh, but I mean, not everyone is going to be so <laughs> Corey invested Co in their project. Yeah, but Corey is like my go-to guy for how you should treat social media as a famous yes. video game director. Yes. Not only is he like very appreciative of his team but also very appreciative of all the fans he's very appreciative of sony as a partner he's very appreciative of god of war as a franchise and he's also very defensive when it comes to points he stands for but he picks and chooses his battles quite frequently um but he knows when to like not engage in stuff and also D david he, cage doesn't know what account he's logged into 
Maybe, but yeah, and Corey never really talks about himself. He always just says it's such an amazing experience to be a part of it. When yeah, of that's course, another thing. He's the he's the main driving force behind all of it. Whereas Detroit Become Human changed David in particular forever. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta I gotta run to the bathroom. Perfect. Ah, ah. Well, that ends this news segment for this week. Well, I, I only play for the fighting. I, I appreciate the expansive multi-tier environments and the 16 characters with the, the pixel shading bump mapping and the rich plot development. Seriously, why else would I play it? She kicks eye. Rated T for team. 10637. Oh. <laughs> oh god. The train wreck has begun. The train wreck the train wreck is back on the tracks. We're all we're all synced the train up wreck. on this ride together. You, you're not gonna try again, Liam? We just got <laughs> Nope. The train wreck is pulled into the station and we are back here at the Dad and Son show and you know, talking speaking from one of George's favorite human beings to another. From David yeah. Cage to Randy Pitchford, yeah. it's time for the it, news. I, I, see, even though he might get in serious trouble, David Cage at least has not ever talked to me, and I've never talked to David Cage. <laughs> you would love it, though. Let's be honest. I, Let's m- be 100% m- honest. Maybe. You would love it. Because I did have my single Twitter spat with Randy Pitchford. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> guess between the two of us, who's in the news this week for getting in a bunch of trouble? It's George. No, oh. <laughs> wait, I'm sorry. Well, good what thing that story got. Sending on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Matt. To be. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> to be fair, Matt. George has not swindled you and me out of twelve million dollars yet. So, so there's allegations going on in uh, his lawsuit with his uh, old lawyer, who apparently got pissed off and decided to sue him after quitting, that he siphoned off $12 million of, of game revenue over to a personal fund that was supposed to be shared with the team. Anyways, that's not actually the news. directly irrelevant to this case that is about uh, Claptrap's former voice actor, who it turns out was a VP of development at Gearbox. Um trying to remember if, if they're referring to business development or software development there, because I think he was in a business role. Um, there was basically someone in some kind of leadership position named David Eddings, who did not primarily work as a voice actor, but provided Claptrap's voice for free as uh, like tertiary duties to, to his, his financial executive stuff. And um, this was something that he got offered to do again, after leaving the company in 2017, he was offered to play Claptrap again for 2019's upcoming Borderlands 3. And he denied it uh, off of the basis that they could not afford him. Uh, Randy then responded on Twitter saying that they offered him double the union rate and it should have been a generous offer. Uh, David Eddings then replied saying... No, also because Randy Pitchford physically assaulted me in the lobby of the Marriott Marquis at GDC 2017. Oh. Uh, oh. 
Um, Eddings also said that Randy was stalking him on social media. That uh, Randy was was operating a business in in which sleight of hand, uh, his words. Was uh was was, oh, was the magician a modus him. operandi? Yet, yeah, which which is a dig at Randy Pitchford wanting to be a magician and and being super into magic. It, I, it's weird that we know that about him, you know. Well, he's very forthright with it. Um, David Eddings also says that Randy refers to people as muggles, you know, like in Harry Potter. Yeah. People who don't know magic. Because he's, he's magic. Because Randy Pitchford is is into magic. Why is that so funny? Uh, I can just imagine him going around his office being such a fucking dweeb. Being like, <laughs> <laughs> what Pick up, card, muggles? Any card. The mental image of it is just weird. Like, I'm really into... As you guys, you guys know me personally, which means you probably know this and aren't surprised by it. But I'm really into like cooking and bicycles, and it would just kind of <laughs> weird me out if that so became wholesome. part of my video game career. Do you and, reckon? And if, do you reckon there's rules at Gearbox where you're not allowed to be a magician? <laughs> yeah. What if you're a better magician than Randy Pitchford? Do you I just, automatically get fired once you can do a contract? I, I wonder, like, is he going to still be part of, of the magician's union that demands to be taken very seriously? He is a bit like Job. <laughs> he is a bit like Job. I, I, the Society of American Magicians. Wait, no, that's the real one. Which was the one in the show? Okay, anyways... Um, yeah, that's, it's, it's not exactly, I don't know, I, I, I feel like, like, our reactions are fairly understated because we knew about this and half expected it, and, uh, well, I say knew about it as in we knew about it a few days ago, but, but physical assault is, is in my opinion taking these, these, these allegations of Twitter drama up to another level that, uh, is, is blurring the line with, with potential defamation because that's that's illegal and you are not supposed to allege that someone did something illegal unless you have proof which means that he is calling randy's bluff that uh randy was also in trouble in the news this week for for either a miscommunication or a lie about borderlands microtransaction scheme he didn't want to use that word but there were still some some kind of fairly benign cosmetic-only purchases that still fit the description, but he didn't want uh, the media attaching that word to his game, even though it is not an inaccurate descriptor. And I guess people, a lot of fans, a lot of readers, a lot of casual consumers are now in the know that the uh, boss behind Borderlands... Who should not also be taking all the credit for Borderlands, as we also should know, is kind of a wild card at this point. He voice clap track, clap trap, five it's... times in five games. And that Pokemon 
Pokemon. Poker Night 2. That was not what they were paying him for either. And apparently, I I have seen talk in the union circles as well about this informing some of the decisions they want to make. That extra duties that are not part of your job description should be given some kind of extra compensation outside of the usual payment schedule for your actual job description to avoid situations like this in the future. But, you know, physically assaulting people probably lost Randy that deal more than any kind of money amount if if that turns out to be true I don't I don't think you can go to work with someone comfortably after they physically assaulted you yeah yeah I would 100% understand not <laughs> wanting to do that yeah yeah uh <sighs> so on on another stop of the very same train we have the first big example in recent memory in the english speaking world of video game developers picketing and walking out and and saying what do we want x policy change when do we want it now and this happened at riot games among 150 employees who walked out over a bit of clause in their contracts relating to forced arbitration over cases of sexual harassment. And what forced arbitration is, is um, a, a conflict resolution method in which you basically get the conflicting employees to sit at a table together, supervised by their superiors, to talk it out and try and get along. Um... There are two higher-up employees at Riot Games, including the chief operating officer, who have had pretty heavy complaints levied against them through the HR system and through some um, insider reporting from Kotaku about these guys being accused of everything sexually weird in a professional workplace from from ball-grabbing to which is immature antics to gendered promotion strategies which is something that could be legitimately ruining people's careers and that's what a lot of this unrest is over um weirdly enough the bosses are actually encouraging and not disrupting this action which makes me think that there might also be some internal conflicts going on between the higher-ups as well um, a Riot representative that Kotaku did not name uh, sent them an email saying, The company's management is allowing its employees to participate and has urged managers to be accommodating and understanding. We respect rioters who choose to walk out today and will not tolerate retaliation of any kind as a result of participating or not. So someone in the chain <laughs> below the CEOs who have accusations leveled against them and above the employees who are actually walking out are still supporting the employees. And and that's the person whoever would have been responding to Kotaku when, when sending in questions for comment. This is this is neat, right? I guess. I don't know. Liam, totally understand if you have no comments on this one. Well, no, I'm just happy to see that uh, I would not understand what is happening at Riot in, in regards to the sexual allegations, apart from the Kotaku article from last year, but in regards to people doing something actively to try and force change in the video game industry is something I am incredibly in support of. 
obviously we've seen like the epic crunch the uh the nether realm stuff that's happening right now as well it's all it, coming out. it is time that stuff like this happens it needs to happen otherwise stuff like assault and sexual abuse and like uh sexist remarks in the workplace or like stuff like crunch mismanagement and abuse of power all that kind of stuff that happens at other companies around the world but people do stuff about because there are unions video games needs that and this is one thing that has happened now at a major company that will help pave the way for more things to happen like this yeah and it's uh it it is cool to see right now but i'm gonna be honest and i'm as scared as hell of the next like three four weeks when when the current quarter ends are these people still going is riot games suddenly going to have to lay off 150 employees to meet the budget at the end of the corner hmm we'll be waiting and finding out and that's that's going to be the next big test this is just like this is really an early step of a long and painful process that that's not going to see everyone be saved. Because in order to find out the limits of how much they can ask for, some people out there got to go past those limits so the rest of people know. And uh, hopefully that won't happen to any of these people. Like, there's some uh, people I know personally who somehow ended up at a job at Riot these days. Like 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 Jared Rosen, who... Uh, Wrote, wrote a big expose about how poorly managed a corporate-sponsored um, Game Jam event was a few years ago and involving, yeah, the event where they tried to put JonTron and Zoe Quinn in the same room together. Uh, yeah, he's working for Riot now, believe it or not. I, I hope he still is at the end of next year. Yeah. I, man. Hope this... Hope... Hope things get better because yes, yes, there's been a lot of good news lately. Been a lot of, a lot of terrible. Oh news. yeah, especially that horrifying stuff we saw before the podcast. Yeah, oh, mm, I sure oh do hope uh, uh, no oh. one gets hurt. <sighs> Wait, hang on, I can't. I feel like at this point we should just continually exaggerate and blow it out of proportion so people might know less about what we're talking about. Unless people yeah. already know what we're talking about, at which point anything we could say could come back against us. Yeah, I feel like, like you're not helping, but <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, for oh man, but like oh, you're laughing at um, his. I mean, <clears throat> there, there, their, yeah, their there, pain. there, right. We're laughing at certain members. Oh, that's Mem- true. Member, of, member singular of the, of the community. A community. We don't know which community. We don't know what that member no, is attached to exactly. We're, we're being terrible <laughs> human beings. We don't know what that member is. It uh, who that member belongs to. Member attached to member. Oh god, not the member thing again. Stop. You <laughs> 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 just keep saying it. <laughs> I am. I. You guys should see my notepad right now. I have this. Oh, I god. have this bit n- noted down as edit this for better comedy. <laughs> Also, edit this. You guys should for see potential. The, the podcast without it being edited. It's uh, it's pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> if you thought this was a train wreck, oh boy, oh boy. So we still do, got at least three news? people who believe in us, though. At least three. Is at that us three? Because I don't know if me and Matt believe. <laughs> well, actually, I, went, I don't. 
I also don't know if these people have sent in questions before, which means that there could be less than three now. But I, <laughs> I, I want to say something though. Uh, Liam, yeah, for four hundred dollars, yeah, you can either get a standalone VR headset, yeah, or a a a regular PC powered headset with inside out tracking, no sensors. They both come with touch controls, standalone. And PC powered, I would obviously go for the PC powered, but for four hundred dollars, that's what we're at now. Four hundred dollars. I was looking at the reviews of the Oculus Quest. Yeah, that's out this week, isn't it? And I was thinking. No, no. And I was thinking. Month, month. If I'm gonna go into VR, like I've always thought about PS4, PSVR, because I have a PS4 and it's kind of easy console setup. But obviously, with my PS4 kind of on the last of its legs and dying. Um, I'm slightly tempted if I do dip into VR. The Oculus Quest seems pretty good. Like yeah, a good. I'd... The Quest is the standalone. The S is the is the PC powered one. Yeah, I wouldn't get that because I don't have a PC powerful enough to do that. All right. So. So I would go with the Quest, so I can just play VR okay. experiences. That's so what I would. Can it be? I'm not sure if I'm going to. Engineers though, like like, is there a the HDMI port on that thing or something? Yeah, like you can yeah, just put a yeah. cable up. Yeah, so HDMI. Oh, you, oh, you mean uh, the Quest? No, no, yeah. the Quest. The Quest, the quest is, is all fully. The Quest is standalone. It's fully computing on its own. Because I, yeah. I would totally buy the standalone one if it could do both, which I guess kind of defeats cool, the whole right? purpose. But that yeah, would be yeah, that would be cool. That would be yeah. that would be perfect. Best of both worlds. Yeah. Anybody I, wants to sponsor us so I can get four hundred dollars to buy an Oculus <laughs> Quest, which would be a big waste of money you, for you? you Please think, go like, ahead and businesses do that. Businesses are listening to us right now. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, like, there's a display in there somewhere. There, so theoretically, there's, there's the less... possibility for an HDMI port. There's or one less YouTuber out there to sponsor after today's event, so you can send it, send, send the sponsorship money our way. So, all right. There is, there's no, the reason why I thought about you is because there's no sensors. Oh, you thought about me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you don't have to worry about your apartment and having space for that. Like, yeah. it's inside out tracking. Like, you can sit on your couch. You know, I've seen footage of it. I haven't tried it out myself, but I've seen footage of people just being outside of the guardian system is what you draw on the on the floor. But because it's inside out tracking, it still tracks you. Yeah, because it's just tracking everything. So mm. you can just sit down, enjoy something. And the only thing about inside out tracking and not having the sensors is that it kind of loses, I guess, a little bit of track. Um, for the controllers when you're all the way all the way behind you if you try to yeah that's not gonna happen because i can literally move six feet and i'm at the end of my apartment yeah you have to like do it though you have to like push your arm back to do it yeah it depends on the game and and, and and most of the time compensates you're gonna be looking at your hands anyway yeah well i do just want to play beat saber so yeah it's and beat saber is definitely going to be on the mobile I think yeah, most, it is. most of the it stuff is, is going to be I looked, on, at like, the, the I looked at the list of what it... Because obviously it's not got like the major processing power because obviously everything's computed on board. So really mainstream publications seem like they've got it. They've got reviews out. Tech Raider yeah, gave it a 4.5. They're 4. really good 5. reviews. Oh, yeah. Verge gave it a 7.5. You just pick it up, man. Like it's... 
that's this is it. This is like yes. the, this is the beginning of the I'm future. Just, here. I'm just gonna pick up dollars. Wow, nine point five on IGN. Yeah, sublime, untethered, dawn and play more than makes up for graphical it, shortcoming. Th- this is why. See, see, the, Oculus is trying to go for like the more everyone VR headset the mobile vr like everyone who just wants to try out vr do vr the ready player one on their own without connecting to anything standalone thing you know vive is doing like their high end you know sensors everywhere perfect room scale like perfect this is a very long list of launch titles too oh some of them are just apps (laughs) there's oculus browser here yeah national geographic vr explorer that sounds cool to me. Yeah, That's the Moss, kind of experiences I want. Saber. I want yeah, dumb experiences. I tried like that. a bunch of them, and I would recommend. Is Google Earth on this? You're eventually going to get one. Eventually. It's Google Earth. Google Earth. Oh, I don't see Google Earth. <sighs> yeah. Yo, yeah, they so, have a yeah. video player for uh, uh, MP4 files. If anybody wants to sponsor old Dan Sons, <laughs> it's not <laughs> silly. <laughs> Anyways. I'll happily, hey, Oculus, okay. I'll happily yeah. review your oh my headset. God. Oh my god. I don't know. I think it does look pretty neat. Like, it's cool seeing a new console come out that's not a traditional console that's still appealing to hardcore. Like, this is not like the Ouya launch at all. This looks like no. a something that that's <laughs> substantial and different. Like, they're not, they're not filling a cheap niche. They're trying to spearhead an expensive high-end niche. It's been a long time. Yeah. It's been a long time Good. since since the <laughs> the Neo Geo home version. You you got things like I was about to say Arizona Sunshine. Is there Arizona Sunshine on there? Nah. Well, you don't no. need to play Arizona Sunshine anyway. It's it's, 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 it's kind of only it's yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. I have right. no idea what you're talking about. It's fine. It's fine. Me- right. Mediocre VR game. Cre- yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's Cre- let's move on to listener questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Because because they got they got super hot they got Beat Saber they got Moss they got the good stuff. But Except we for, have uh, super hot. our sons and daughters and dads. Three of them. There are at least three of them. Lefty. Okay. So, um, we got three questions we're going to tackle this week. Uh, if you would like to send in some to submit to the pile, that email address for you is going to be dad and sons podcast at gmail.com. We are going to be trying to, to do something weird with, with getting more of an audience participation game back in, in, in here at some point. But until then... We got some things cooking. We, we, we are deliberating. We are in talks. Hey, good looking. We, uh, We're in we... negotiations. <laughs> we set up a text chat room and named it the meeting room. <laughs> First question comes from Jason C. Look to the launch of Artifact, Fallout 76, and the recent mobile Diablo game. More and more, you can see backlash towards the game's manifest as crowds literally booing at the developers. What are your thoughts of this recent trend, and do you think it will have an impact on how games are announced or even developed? In any other industry, that would be a massive PR embarrassment. In the gaming industry, not only is it happening more and more, but there's a narrative of gamers being entitled and whiny attached to it. Yeah... It's still a massive PR embarrassment when this kind of thing happens. I I, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive concepts. Also, I feel like the Diablo thing... 
the Diablo thing is a little different to Artifact and uh, Fallout yeah. 76. Obviously, we talked about Diablo in the past, and I felt like the way both sides handled it was a little rough, but the game wasn't even out. <laughs> Nobody's played it, right? Whereas Artifact and Fallout 76, people were hyped about those games yeah. until they came out. And then when they came out, it was fair to criticize them, which is yeah. fine. You pay for a product, you can criticize it. Of, There's a difference between when a game gets announced and everybody loses their shit of, over what it looks the, like or something. the three-sided examples, only one of them was a live crowd at the show actually booing the, the yeah. product on display. And speaking I mean, of artifacts, other entertainment... I think artifacts that, got that booed the first time it was announced because everybody expected it to be something else made by Valve but but it was a card game but then obviously when it started to get shown more and more people got more intrigued by it and then there was like a big hype about it but then it fell flat because it did so many major things wrong but people fucking complained about Link's uh, reimagining in the Wind Waker with his art style originally so people just complain about everything the internet is getting I mean, it's huge now, man. It's not. Yeah. It's not 2000 anymore, man. We're we're 18 years into the future, and everyone has <laughs> to talk about something. Yeah. You know? And everyone can. And I I don't like that has created problems that I don't think our system was meant to solve. I don't I don't yeah. think we know how how to address the problem of making a product for an audience five million big. And every single person in that audience of five million having the potential to 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 send cops to the developer's house. <sighs> well, I I feel like the as you said the systems we have in place we haven't I don't think human beings have the ability to process the 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 amount of criticism in which you could receive these days like the thousands and thousands of comments about stuff yeah it's it's unprecedented this is not a normal state of of society that that we're living through right now yeah uh i don't know video games is i i find it hard to look at other industries and feel like people are as entitled as people feel in the video games i guess via music like music industry people might be like the relationships you have with like your favorite artists or your favorite bands yeah. is very similar to the, the yeah. relationships you have not only with your favorite games but your favorite developers like people will defend certain people to the it's death right big big budget big name big ticket scams in the music industry for comparison might end up with you getting stranded on an island for a one thousand dollar festival that that jay-z promised would come together whereas with video games getting getting burnt by a bad product you're out sixty dollars in some hours of time but it feels to me as someone involved with video gaming that the outlash is actually more intense here than in music, where where the scams end with far higher monetary consequences on on consumers getting ripped off. But, but that, that's the double-edged sword about the games industry, I think. Because games take so long to make and they are such an investment, both financially and also, you know, human-wise, that if you announce something and it just gets backlash, all of that work is gone. Because it's so hard to come back from that backlash. There are only so many No Man's Skies in the world where people have completely reversed it around. I mean, Destiny, maybe. But you look at Anthem. Anthem took seven years. Yeah, it sold a fair amount. But my God, is the reputation of Bioware and Tatters and EA and how people feel towards those companies now. So all of that work people spent 
because of literally two weeks of its launch, you build up to that point. It's so hard to ever come back from that. Like just maybe in other industries, it's not such a such a long process. Maybe movies, but even then, movies seem to come out fairly quickly compared to video games. And and one thing that I think really needs to be taught to kids at a young age, and I thought this was a far more common sense normal thing going into the adult world than it turned out to be, and that is just the the basic fundamental lesson of not getting hyped for stuff until it's actually out and has proven itself. Like the the not don't get emotionally invested in announcements. Don't believe the marketing that is made by people whose literal job it is to present a product in only its best possible light. Don't like it, realize what financial incentives are at stake from people on, on which side of the transaction and adjust your reality accordingly. Yeah. And by that same don't, regard, like, do the I, same Diablo Immortals not for me and I don't care. And I can't get invested in the announcement because it's for people. It's for poor people in China who just play games on their phones. It's not really for us e- anyway. Yeah, exactly. By that same hand, don't immediately jump on the bandwagon to criticize people for character changes or stuff that comes out in a trailer that might be subject to change. I mean, fair enough with the Sonic trailer. That shit happens. (laughs) Case in point. You know, it's difficult. But when a game comes out, you are within your full rights. It is a product you purchased. And... In regards to something like Fallout 76, if it's just fundamentally broken, if it fundamentally has issues so broken, you are, by rights, entitled to like a refund or to complain in some regard. It is still a product you purchase. But until that point, it is very hard to be like, ah, I'm just going to completely shit all over this or I'm going to be so in love with this. And yeah. And if there are gamers who are shitting all over this and are being entitled about it, then that's not really a narrative. That's the objective, factual truth. I mean, if you don't like something and you want to voice your opinion, at least do it constructively, because then it helps. The line between constructive criticism and destructive shit-talking is something that I think kids need to be taught at a young age, too, as the internet continues to exist for future generations. Yes, so much so. Like... Nobody is going to do anything for you if you just act negative towards them. If you point out that maybe something won't go down well, like you think maybe a character change or something, or the or this doesn't look very interesting, be constructive. If you send Matt a chunk of the podcast before putting it out because you're worried. <laughs> be constructive in every aspect. Yeah. Be constructive. Constructive criticism works. People listen to constructive criticism. People do not listen to negative social media posts. That is 100% it's, it's for sure. It's the difference between tightening up the graphics on level 3 and why did you even bother to make level 3? God, what a piece of trash. Yeah. Yeah. Level 3 is pretty trash, though. Come on. Video games. Video games. Let's let's talk about another question from Lefty D. Ooh, Lefty yeah, D. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this one's this one's more fun. Favorite controller? What's your favorite gimmicky controller? At an arcade-like railgun shooter, or a, or a tumbly bumbly racing cockpit, etc. As in, not a normal standard controller. Like Hell it yeah. has to be. This, like a... this is a George topic. Well, hands down is a arcade stick, like a yeah. Mad Cat's. TE Tournament Street Fighter 4 no Edition doubts. arcade stick. Fucking beautiful yeah. machines. Yeah. 
I do like some of the the crazy Japan arcades that I played, though. They have some really interesting controllers. Yeah. But oh, those Gundam pods, really ridiculous. But gotta go with this. If you're keeping yeah. it simple, keeping it sweet. Yeah, the yeah. The T is, is fantastic. You know, I grew up with it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a uh, Japanese arcade game that showed up in a Dave and Buster's once when I was a kid called Police 911. It uses a frame of motion sensors and pressure pads that you stand on to determine where you as a player are leaning in front of the screen. And you lean out of the way of slow motion bullets that come firing at the screen and you feel like fucking Neo. It's the goddamn <laughs> Matrix when you're playing this game. It's like, it's the closest thing we had to Super Hot VR before Super Hot VR came out. And that playing Police 911 and Dave and Busters in like 2004 really <laughs> might have started the downward spiral towards me loving v- gimmicky VR bullshit today. Mm. There's some cool controllers. I mean, the Guitar Hero controller. Not not an arcade, man. It's all greasy and stuff. You gotta, like... You, <laughs> you gotta, gotta take a cloth yeah, with you. Yeah. The cloth is not enough, man. It's greasy. You gotta take a pressure washer with you. I touched it, and I was like, oh, no, this is wrong. I shouldn't be doing this. But I already put in my money, so I have to go in. I have to, I have to commit. You have to lick it now. Ugh. Why does it feel like I'm holding McDonald's fries in my hands? Like you have to take a shower after using a guitar controller at like dave and buster's or whatever <laughs> i don't even know what that is i'm gonna assume it's an arcade dave and buster's is is an arcade dining establishment it's the closest thing we have to an arcade nowadays you barely see like arcades like in japan here if any to be honest in certain cities you just don't have any yeah. round one is trying our, our, Arcades are a different beast in Japan, for sure. We don't live in that kind of society. I want to live in that. So, uh, next question comes from Will K. 2019 will see the finales of three long-running narratives in Game of Thrones, Avengers Endgame, and Star Wars Episode Nine. How would you rank these movies and show for how well you think each will stick the landing? I guess we already have one of those already done. Which will have a flat, dull fart of an ending, a la The Hunter Games, and which one will maybe come close to something resembling a solid conclusion, a la The Lord of the Rings? A griffin flew down and picked them up in Lord of the Rings. How's that a solid conclusion? I'm just saying. It was fun. No, Lord of the Rings was fun. (laughs) They played real dramatic music when they did it. Everyone looked sad. Don't you fucking slander (laughs) the Lord of the Rings. No, man. I watched that. I watched the director's cut of that multiple times on Saturdays, man. I just... I'm still pissed they didn't put in Tom Bombadil. Movie. Series. (sighs) Uh, I might as well just rank it. I would say Endgame. Endgame was a 9 out of 10. Sticking the landing, landing really hard, man. (laughs) That was a nine out. That was a nine out of ten. Good job. Good job. Well done. Game of Thrones. I don't know. Pretty much like a seven out of ten, six out of ten. Maybe. Game of Thrones will be at the bottom. Star Wars. We got to speculate. Star Wars will definitely be midway. I don't. I I don't know. I I find it hard to imagine J.J. Abrams being able to like make a real vanilla normal movie again. He's doing. He's doing it. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, J.J. Abrams why, is the director. Okay, why yeah. didn't he do the second one? <laughs> I because don't know. They because didn't plan, they didn't plan on having J.J. Abrams as the third one. It was going to be three different directors. R- Ryan Johnson also subverted the fuck out of it, and now it's got to get put back together, and I don't think you can do that successfully Wait, without it being... I thought I was the... Without it well, outweirding the previous it, one. Yeah. 
I liked it on the second time of watching, yeah. I loved the the Last Jedi. I just don't know if you can really make a sequel to live up to it because it's so weird. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. I will admit that the trailer for Rise of Skywalker didn't and didn't. No one's really I mean, <laughs> make me excited. <laughs> no yeah, I thought it was okay. Whereas, whereas the other two trailers have made me excited. No really dead. Never really dead. <laughs> no, that's so fine. Okay, like I'm a little <laughs> angry with, with Red Letter Media drumming that up because didn't they always want Star Wars to be more of a like supernatural mythical story anyway? Like, how can you be mad at no one's ever really dead and also be mad at midi chlorians? Because isn't that what you want? Don't you want more magic in Star Wars? Yeah. In an afterlife is magic. Midi chlorians is the science. Can't disagree with the science. I, I I'm gonna watch Star Wars and I'm gonna hopefully enjoy it and that'll be it. I think Star Wars will be like a solid seven two. I think Game of Thrones is probably the 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 way it's going so far feels like Game of Thrones is gonna be at the bottom of these three, which I didn't expect. Yeah, I didn't expect either, but holy crap. The thing is, now I actually want to watch all this Marvel stuff to see it end good, because it's not often that stuff goes on that long and ends good. It's Endgame. I watched it a second time, and I... Fuck. The way they, they do the characters. It's like a character... It's a character film. We have these characters that... Like Smash Brothers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. They they dive deep into all these characters and, and, and uh, it, it almost make them feel human, even though they're superhuman. It's, it's great. Absolutely. Uh, what? I gotta pee again. <laughs> well... Time to end. Thanks for joining us for this episode this of Dad and Sons. Ah! <laughs> I'll be right back. I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> no, I, I need to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, well, we that's that's it, right? We <laughs>